0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to this week's episode of the Periodical Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin, along with the crowd favorite, Tavis. Howdy. And today we're going to be continuing our conversation last week on states fighting the federal land leasing debacle. But this time we're going to be covering our neighbors to the south, New Mexico. Our discussion today, it's going to cover the content in this week's periodical that I released this past Wednesday, March the 3rd. Actually, one of our good friend and co-host of the Basin Breakdown podcast series, Gunnar Merrick's birthday is today, so shout out to Gunnar. Anywho, Tavis, take it away.
1: President Joe Biden's executive orders halting all new drilling permits on federal lands for 60 days and all leasing of federal land indefinitely will hurt the economies of a number of U.S. states, but one of the biggest impacts will be on the state of New Mexico. As discussed in the previous RP news piece, Oklahoma's Battle for Federal Lands, Presidential Executive Order 13990 is adverse to energy producers throughout the United States, but New Mexico would be hit hardest due to their concentration of energy production on federal land. Currently, New Mexico lawmakers are studying the impact these executive actions by the Biden administration could have in curtailing oil and gas production on federal land and the implications for the state's finances. New Mexico realizes the shift to new sources of energy is inevitable, but Biden's sweeping executive orders could prove too rapid a shift for the state's fossil fuel-dependent economy. Since energy production is the backbone of New Mexico's economy, much of which sits on federal land, no bigger impact of halting federal oil and gas leasing
0: would be felt than in New Mexico. After Texas and North Dakota, New Mexico is actually the third largest oil-producing state in the U.S., but it's the state with the nation's most oil production on federal lands. The oil and gas industry is the greatest economic contributor to the state, supporting more than 134,000 jobs, $16.6 billion in annual economic activity, including $2.8 billion in fiscal year 2020, accounting for 33.5% of total state spending. According to the Institute for Energy Research, 34.7% of the land in New Mexico is federal, but more than half of oil and gas production in New Mexico occurs on federal land. Opponents of Biden's order, which is intended to allow the administration to study the environmental impacts of fossil fuel development towards its goal of mitigating pollution and climate change, argued it would cripple New Mexico's economy and force operators to move to other areas like Texas, where oil production is mostly on private land, unencumbered by federal policy.
1: The central role of energy in the state is unmistakable. That is why Ryan Flynn, president of the New Mexico Oil and Gas Association, argued the industry in New Mexico needs federal land to continue to support the state's economy and fund public education. Restricting oil and gas development on federal lands will rob New Mexico of opportunities for economic growth and hollow our schools of critical resources that put teachers in classrooms and help our young children learn, Flynn said. Looking ahead, New Mexico had three federal lease sales planned for 2021 in April, July, and October said Don Iglesias, an economist with the state's Legislative Finance Committee, which were expected to earn up to $4 million each for the state of New Mexico, revenue that could be blocked by the halt on new leases. Luckily, the short-term impacts of the orders could be minimal as they do not apply to previously approved leases and activities. According to Director of New Mexico Oil Conservation Division, Adrian Sandoval, 6,089 applications to permit drilling (APDs) are approved in New Mexico and could save production for the next eight to 12 months. But wells in the Permian Basin in southeast New Mexico, the state's most active oil play, oil production declines rapidly, and constant new drilling is necessary to maintain production levels and ensure reserves replacement. In addition, Sandoval noted, New Mexico can be a very complex state for developers to operate in. There is an intertwined matrix of federal land, state land, and private land, ensuring higher initial capital and operating costs are to be expected for operators in this state. Therefore, the lack of key infrastructure and the confusing permitting process due to federal land distribution may discourage
0: operators from further development in the state. But for New Mexico, many state leaders worry most about the loss in state revenue intended to support public education and other services if production is stymied. As budgets have already taken a hit from falling crude prices as the coronavirus pandemic sapped global fuel demand, the struggling school system is now on the brink. While you appreciate the green policies for environmental issues, you can't strangulate the revenue streams in New Mexico, said Stan Rounds, executive director for the New Mexico Coalition of Educational Leaders, so they're very concerned. New Mexico's money troubles reflect the dangers facing oil-dependent economies around the globe at a time when volatile prices and rising concern about climate change pushes governments to transition to cleaner energy sources. In the United States, it has aroused a clashing of ideals. Supporting Biden's plan to fight global warming could damage the fossil fuel economy that has been a huge source of revenue for many government programs. Most concerning is the fact that schools would suffer most in New Mexico. Economists for New Mexico's Legislative Finance Committee, which draws up revenue projections for lawmakers, said the state could lose $12 million from canceled lease sales this year alone, which is a big problem for New Mexico's public schools, which receive about 45% of state appropriations. New Mexico has been concerned about its dependence on oil revenue since its share of the Permian Basin boomed several years ago, and the state has been attempting reforms to diversify its economy and public revenue base. Unfortunately, the ideas put forward are not big enough nor fast enough to fully replace what oil and gas provides to the state's budget. According to New Mexico's Public Lands Commissioner, Garcia Richard, even our rosiest projections are not easily going to make up for the loss of oil and gas revenue. For now, only time will tell the impact of Joe Biden's federal lease ban and temporary drilling moratorium.
1: And I just pulled it up because I was curious about this uh, argument around education and infrastructure, but... New Mexico's not doing so hot. Their education rating, I mean, out of the 50 states, they are 49. Their economy, 47. Opportunity, 48. Fiscal stability, 47. I mean, this is just not the right time to introduce this to New Mexico, especially coming off of 2020 when their revenues were
0: already low. And what I really like what they're doing is they they realized that they are too dependent on oil and gas revenues for the state's budget. But they recognize that and they're trying to transition away, but they're just saying that this energy transition, it, it might prove to be too quick for the state that relies on these budgets right now. You know, maybe in five years, 10 years, when they have transitioned away to have a solid income base that isn't just based on oil and gas, maybe that's a time where they'll, you know, accept a federal leasing ban. But right now they're saying, you know, too much of our development, too much of our economy is based on this. It's just going to be too big a blow too quickly.
1: Clearly, Biden's executive order has the potential to be devastating for the state, so what is New Mexico doing about it? To answer that question, it's time to get to know U.S. Representative Yvette Herrell. Stella Yvette Herrell is an American politician, businesswoman, and real estate agent serving the Republican Party as a U.S. Representative for New Mexico's 2nd Congressional District. In addition, She has initiated a battle to fight President Joe Biden's halt on new federal oil and gas land leases by introducing a bill that would exempt New Mexico from the moratorium enacted via his executive order. More specifically, Harrell's H.R. 757 bill titled, I love this, Protecting New Mexico's Jobs and Public Education System Act is set to exempt the state of New Mexico from certain provisions of certain orders related to oil and gas drilling. Unfortunately, There are already complications stemming from these actions. First and foremost, an executive order is a signed, written, and published directive from the President of the United States that manages operations of the federal government. While both executive orders and proclamations have the force of law, an executive order is not legislation. Orders require no approval from Congress, and Congress cannot simply overturn them. Congress may pass legislation that might make it difficult or even impossible to carry out the orders, such as removing funding, but only a sitting U.S. president may overturn an existing executive order by issuing another executive order to that effect. Luckily, Harrell's bill is not trying to overturn the order per se, but to be granted an exception. But the problem becomes, if New Mexico is granted an exception, where would the precedent stop for other states? You know, I like the title. They're calling it what it is. It's uh, kind of hard to refuse the effects or try to ignore it that it'll have on public schooling, but... What is the other nitty gritty details from this bill so
0: far? Well, we'll see. Here's the only issues: is that Harrell's HR 757 bill. If you go to the House of Representatives website, all they have is the title and the brief summary. That summary being exempting the state of New Mexico from certain provisions of certain orders related to oil and gas drilling. So there's not actual official documentation released yet. So we don't know, you know, what this act is going to be. But kind of like you said, I-, I like the fact that they're not trying to, you know, end this executive order or anything like that. They're just trying to exempt themselves from this order in order to protect jobs and the public education system. So I can't imagine it's gonna be some, you know, crazy act and I imagine it's gonna have support because like you said, they're already 49th in education. You know, if they drop one lower, they're the worst of the worst. Why can't we keep this funding from oil and gas to try and boost that education system while they work towards restructuring how their state's budget, where that money comes from.
1: In a perfect world, that's awesome. But then again, like you wrote, it raises the question of, well, where does it stop? Can Wyoming then hop on the train? Can, can Stit then go, hey, Oklahoma wants to be exempt too? I mean, Native Americans were already set to be exempt. Uh, I just feel like they might deny
0: it because they're afraid of a slippery slope. And this is where statewide emission mandates might come into play. The State Energy Minerals and Natural Resource Development, or the EMNRD in New Mexico, has released a final proposed rule to reduce natural gas waste and methane emissions in producing oil and natural gas fields. Following up on the New Mexico Energy Transition Act, which was signed into law back in 2019, which requires utilities to reach 100% carbon-free energy and ensure support for workers in coal communities experiencing the ongoing energy transition, But New Mexico regulators are developing what could become the strictest standards in the nation to regulate the volumes of methane released into the environment by oil and gas operations. Under this new rule, operators would be required to capture 98% of the gas by the end of 2026. The agency estimates that the rule would reduce volatile organic compounds, or VOCs, by 77,000 tons and nitrogen oxides, or NOXs, by 21,000 tons. New Mexico began hearings on January 4th to codify the methane and natural gas regulations, but the hearings are ongoing. The regulatory push comes
1: as emission levels have risen sharply in the state, driven in large part by increased oil and gas production. According to a 2019 Climate Change Task Force report, the oil and gas sector accounted for 62% of the state's methane emissions. As a result, in January 2019, the newly elected governor signed an executive order calling on state agencies to find ways to reduce their impact on climate change while creating New Mexico's Climate Change Task Force and aligning the state with the Paris Climate Accord. This spells good news for Mexico because it is in line with President Biden's push for economy-wide net zero by 2050, as well as having the United States rejoin the Paris Climate Accord. The EMNRD rules are set to be implemented in two main phases. In the first phase, scheduled to take place through the end of 2021, the agency will collect data related to each operator's current emissions in order to set baseline emission reduction targets. Then, at the end of the next year, or into early 2022, those baseline targets will be set annually for the next five years to get to 98% by the end of 2026. However, a unique aspect of New Mexico's proposed rules is that it also includes the midstream industry segment, as opposed to rules in other states which only include the upstream part of the business. While these rules are expected to be enacted in early 2021, there is a possibility they will be refined to further support Biden's goals in an attempt to save their energy industry.
0: In addition to new methane emissions regulations, another bill just passed its first committee and it's on its way to becoming a law. Senate Bill 149 would place a four-year moratorium on new permits for hydraulic fracturing, and it passed the Senate Conservation Committee with a 5-4 vote and it was sent to the Senate Judiciary Committee for further discussion and a second vote. Sponsored by Senator Antoinette Cedillo-Lopez, the bill was intended to halt new fracking operations until June 1st, 2025 to allow environmental officials and lawmakers to study its environmental impact. If passed, Senate Bill 149 would create additional annual reporting requirements for the use of fracking and its effects from multiple state departments, halted operations and required reporting to the Department of Energy, Minerals and natural resources, agriculture, environment, health, transportation, and India affairs were championed by environmental groups but ridiculed by the oil and gas industry as it disrupts an industry that provides over a third of New Mexico's budget. Although the bill would not affect current fracking permits, the long-term fallout would be catastrophic for the industry. Interestingly enough, Biden has proclaimed he is not planning on banning hydraulic fracturing even though past campaign statements beg to differ but it is certainly a move that he would expectedly praise. Even more so, the move potentially has the power to sway some D.C. lawmakers and might even have enough push to grant the state a pardon. I like the way New
1: Mexico is going about this, because when I look at Oklahoma, it almost looks like a middle finger to the feds You can't tell us what to
0: do. But the way New Mexico is going about it seems respectful and worthy of compromise. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the thing that I think is most important is they already started these more green initiatives. They realized that. realized These greenhouse gas emissions were an issue in the state, and so they worked even before Biden was in office. They were working towards getting those under control in order to save the energy industry in their state. And now with this new Senate Bill 149, obviously it would be disastrous for the industry, but that might be kind of a a bargaining chip, if you will. You know, okay, you ban fracking in the state for the next four years. All right, then we're going to let you continue these lease sales to help support your state budgets. I don't know. Kind of like you said, I think it's a compromise. I think they're really proving to the Biden administration that, look, we're going to come to the table. We're going to work with you. Just please work with us to help support our struggling state. While the issues facing New
1: Mexico and the rest of the United States are not short-term issues, but long-term, action needs to be taken now to avoid catastrophe in the future. Action to ensure additional future oil and gas development on federal lands, but also action towards climate change. Sarp Ozcan with Inveris said, With no new wells drilled in New Mexico on federal land for the 60 days prescribed in the Department of the Interior moratorium alone, New Mexico would see a 15% decline in oil production and a 7% decline in the production of natural gas. The unknown future of all federal development spells even worse of a disaster. This could lead to higher prices as supplies dwindle and ultimately translate to consumers. Higher heating bills, electricity bills, and paying more at the pump should be expected if producers are forced to move operations to places less economical than New Mexico's Permian Basin. New Mexico Oil and Gas Association spokesperson Robert McIntyre said in an email to local news station KOAT, States like New Mexico depend on oil and gas as a critical part of our economy and state budget. A moratorium on federal leasing disproportionately disrupts economies like ours. We are eager and ready to work with the administration to address climate change as we work towards a future with lower emissions and cleaner energy. The loss of jobs and the loss of funding for critical aspects of life, such as public education, would be absolutely devastating. This is why the
0: energy transition needs to be a transition, not the flip of a switch. President Biden's plan for the future of energy in America has begun to set the country down a new path, one aimed at transition and lasting change that will have reaching implications both domestically and abroad. But this new path cannot leave others behind. New Mexico's economic future is certainly at stake, but so is the recovery of our nation's virus-stricken economy. Rather than instituting a blanket ban on new production of oil and gas on federal lands, a better approach would be to recognize its benefits and work to make sure that any production is handled responsibly and safely. The American energy sector has already delivered wins to the environment, consumers, and state economies, but needs support into the future until clean energy can support domestic economic and energy needs. The thing is, the world still needs petroleum, and creating a ban on oil and gas activity on federal lands does not change the demand for that oil. It just changes who supplies it and who gets paid for it.
1: But that is the end of this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. We love bringing these to you every week. But if you didn't enjoy it or you want to hear something else, please leave a comment, leave a review. We're doing this for you, and we would love to hear from you. So you can go ahead and review the podcast, comment on whatever you're listening through, or even email us at podcast at rarepetro.com. Other than that, we've got plenty of other content to keep you busy and learned up on the industry, all things markets, technicals. Hey, Kevin does a little bit of everything. So go and check out those periodicals and past podcasts. But until we see you next time, take care, everybody. Have a great week.